Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello, everybody. All right, I need to mute myself. Great. You also need to mute Jaking. You need to put Jaking at the bottom of the scene so that he's behind the overlay. Yeah, I. Oh. This is all a work in progress. Ah! Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Go. Yes. Ah! I tried 10 minutes to figure out how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't solve this. Thank you very much. All right. Welcome, everybody, for our first podcast. Wait. This. Later more. To this. Um, Jaking and I decided a long time ago. It would be a cool idea to start a podcast. And after months, we both found each other, training together for an OCC, talking a little. And we are both were sharing this idea. And most recently at the World Championship, um, I saw Oli sitting alone in a voice channel. Nobody was with him. And I was thinking, well, this man is alone. Maybe he's not there. Let's say hello. I joined this channel, uh, talked with Oli. And after 15 minutes, there were like eight people sitting in this voice chat. But just listening to us, there I thought again, well, people are interesting in cards and are interesting in what uh, other people think and talk about cards, we really should start this podcast. And this is starting now. Welcome, Jay King. Yeah, so just to add on to that a little bit. Um, so this, we really wanted to just like start the podcast uh, before necessarily having anything super fancy or uh, like lots of various like uh, just like add-ons which will come later hopefully um, so as you can see darkness is attempting to figure out this out he's the one who's hosting this uh, so <laughs> he's the one tasked with figuring out how to do this but as we go hopefully this podcast will get uh, like more better in terms of like production quality <laughs> we really just want to get out here because i mean i think it's just fun to talk about cards and i think hopefully you guys enjoy talking about cards as well yeah definitely so listen to us talk about cards i i noticed my uh production quality is mediocre till very bad looking at my own youtube videos and stuff like that but as you, uh, as I already leaked because of my production skills, I want to introduce you our special guest tonight, and it's Ollie. Welcome. There I am. I see myself on the screen. How are you? <laughs> Um, I'm between uh, two two titans right now. I mean, I feel kind of I feel kind of small, you know, sitting between Jay King and Darkness here in a cards podcast. But other than that, doing uh, great. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff happening these days, and a lot of work, but a lot of fun. So 
Yes, there's a lot of space going on. And this is probably the best time of starting a podcast, just because there is a lot of content and uh, rarely people are talking about that. Later more. Um, and this is an exciting time of the year because there are still the regular tournaments going on, like OCC, Open Cards is coming again, but a new version, uh, sorry, a standard and limited version. And the World Championship is going on. It's getting very close. Top 16 at the moment. And Jacking and I, we are both participating. The next expansion is going on. And, well, this uh, is not very new for us, because Jaking and I, we are participating in this first topic since months, but uh, we didn't want it to go public till now. And the topic is our cards eSport team. I am very happy to uh, make this public now. Yeah, Oli leaked that yesterday. <laughs> um, yep. We are forming a uh, and cards esport team. I uh, founded the name of the team and made a social media account of Ambitious Moves Ammo uh, nearly one year ago in January this year. But uh, then I was very inactive. I uh, didn't find really anybody to play and to train with till the Nations Cup. And wait a second, I'll show you. Crap. Um, oh, oh, I'm, I'm in the way. Here. <laughs> Get out of the this way, is... Ollie. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> this is our team logo. Ambitious move, team tech ammo. And we made it look cool and militaristic. How do you like it? Jackie? So I think it looks awesome. Oh. Yeah, I absolutely love this. So when I first started playing cards, I guess like really competitively or less, at least doing it again, uh, I think this was in March. Um, I was playing, I got first, and then I started messaging a bit with Darkness. We exchanged decks. Um, and then at the end of the season, Darkness which is basically floated the idea of starting a esports team. And this was before I'd competed in any tournaments. And I thought this was like kind of just some sort of fanciful idea that would never come to fruition. Um, but a couple months later, OCCs were announced. Uh, we, Darkness and I started training together a lot um, for those OCCs. So from there, it just sort of came into being. Uh, as really just like a, it started really just as a training group for these tournaments. Um, but now that uh, Team Radiant has come out and there's a lot more tournaments, uh, we thought it was about time to go uh, public with Team Ammo. Yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on this, Oli? Like, this is, isn't this the goal of what you are working for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, 
I think there's a few things um, in this. I think it's like insanely cool that we have, you know, two dedicated groups of people that are, you know, working and, and putting in their time and effort to be the best at cards. Um, I think that's something that a ton of games that do tournaments and want to be, uh, want to have competitive scenes and all that kind of stuff don't have, right? Um, and even struggle to build. And those are games that maybe have, you know, 10 times the player base that we do. So um, I'm super, super excited to see that. And I feel like, you know, what, what we kind of set out, what I set out to do with esports for this year for cards has largely been successful, you know, over the past six months. And I was super happy to actually hear you say that, Jaking, that you were like, you know, I'm, I'm not sure this is actually a realistic idea, but then the OCC and the tournament started happening and it changed your mind, right? Because that's the point is I want everybody, um, doesn't matter if you are the best in the world or if you are starting your collection, you know, I want, <clears throat> I want people to feel like there's a point and that it's worth it to play cards. It's worth to invest into learning the game. You're not only going to have fun, but you're also going to be able to compete in tournaments for different skill levels. If you're the kind of person that wants to go pro, make some money off of playing games, you can do that as well. Um, I don't think that there are almost any other developers out there that don't, um, that have unsponsored cash prize tournaments, for instance. Um, and all of that is just keeping in with like the philosophy um, from our side of reinvesting every cent that comes into the game, into the community and into the, the, the future of the game. So um, I think it's awesome. I think it's also really cool that, you know, it, these teams are, are delivering results. They're already kind of battling it out. Um, I'm expecting that we'll see more of them come up over time. And I feel like having two teams this early, having this amount of interest in the tournament scene this early, um, I am just extremely, extremely optimistic for the future of cards, you know, esports and cards competitions. Because, you know, having been there from day one in, in some other games, much, you know, uh, much bigger games. In terms of like the ratio of players that we are engaging through tournaments, you know, we're doing better than a lot of other game developers. So tournaments seems like something that people that play cards really enjoy. So let's keep it going. I, yeah, I think the yeah. fact that we have uh, like these teams that are coming up really speaks to how like great of a job you've done with Cards Esports. And I want to thank you personally as someone who, I mean, I downloaded cards in May 2019 or April 2019 and I played it like on and off uh, I had some seasons where I like played a lot I had some seasons where I just got the field marshal for the free elite and then stopped playing um and when I came back to it in March it was school was closing because of COVID and this was just a game I had in my library which I hadn't opened in a while hmm. and I opened it I started to play um I had a lot of free time, so I put a lot of time into cards, and I thought this was just going to be the one month I play cards for a bit, and then the next month I'll find something else. But at the end of that one month was you announced the first Officers Club tournament was going to be for the top eight of the following month. So that really came out like at the perfect time for me, because if that had come out one month later, I don't even know if I'd be here. I might have just missed it, and then gone back to playing cards very casually. But that first Officers Club Championship announcement is what 
has capped my interest in the game, and it's only just expanded from there. Hmm. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, back to the team idea and uh, founding our team. I wanted to start a team, well, kind of after the last World Championship. I was talking with Cybernetics there. Uh, started my first try in January 2020, but then nothing really happened. Um, but a few months later, Spooz hosted the Nations Cup, if you remember, like yep. forming groups of different nationalities like Team USA, Team Canada, Team Germany, and these are playing against each other for $100. And there started the idea of forming or started the group we are currently in, Ammo, uh, with two, with three participants there. And this is a point where I want to start our presentation of the roster of Team Ammo. Um, I need to figure out how to do that. <laughs> Bear with us. Wait a second. Keep talking. I, I need a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, for me, the the best thing about you know having these teams is just it adds it adds storylines, right? Um, it just it just gives you another layer on on kind of how you can talk about the community, and so you can frame stuff like, you know, I, I my prediction is that you know before we see twenty twenty one end, we're gonna see at least as many kind of esports teams and esports groups coming out of China as we do have in the Western world, and I think that's gonna be sick. I think that's going to be super cool to have like, you know, a Chinese org or a Chinese group of players that are practicing together and developing decks and they're facing off against each other, uh, other, other players. I think it's just going to create a, an entirely new dynamic and entirely new way of, for us to kind of cover esports and cards. That's going to make it even more engaging. Um, you also create, you know, different voices in the scene because like Ammo or Radiant Gaming or whatever other team should have their own social media where they update people about how the team members are doing and post you know content and and become these kind of sources of information and and that's what i've been you know really happy to see that the direction for both of these esports teams has really been like yeah we do want to contribute back into the community we do want to you know uh, give the knowledge that we've accrued over time back to the community and, and help the next generation of players come in, build up their collection, and become competitive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that... yeah. checking. I think uh, what you were saying about um, like esports teams, especially out of China, is I'm already, I, I don't know if it's happening or not at the moment, but I know for the Swiss round of the World Championship, I was like looking through everyone's decks and I was noticing a couple of similarities. Uh, in decks that I have personally never seen on ladder before. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this is just a sign of like the meta based on what time of day you play, or if there's, this is like, there's these groups out there that we don't know about that are already starting to form and practice together. Uh, both. I think it's based on what time are you playing? Uh, 
well, if you're playing to the Chinese time zone, uh, in the last months I noticed they like this card. And uh, compared to North America or Europe, there's a lot more aggro, I believe, but this depends on the meta. Uh, but I know from some Chinese player, there is a Chinese WeChat group, and they are, the Chinese player are most uh, are used to play together. Like they are not hiding their secrets; they are sharing everything in this WeChat group. So mm -hmm. it's maybe not like different teams. Maybe small couples of friends playing together, sharing deck ideas, uh, and overall the Chinese community is very close, I believe. Yeah, and um, if you, if you look at so if you look at Billy Billy, um, Billy Billy is like the Twitch, you know, in China. Um, there are Chinese members of the community that are rebroadcasting, you know, every OCC. They're rebroadcasting every patch preview. They're rebroadcasting every World Championship stream or Cards Open stream, and they're casting them in Chinese. And these have, you wow. know, five, six thousand views um, over there oh, in wow. China. And and they're really starting to like rack up that community. And and you know, I, I expect over the next year as well, seeing as though China is such a large part of our player base, that we will also kind of um, increase the amount of community efforts that we're doing in China. So I expect that community to continue to grow um, pretty rapidly over the coming years, especially once we get to mobile, because China is obviously a huge, huge mobile market. Ah, yeah. Mo Cards Mobile coming soon. <laughs> the yeah, first, the first announcement was maybe for March this year. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. I, right. I joined. I joined the company. <laughs> I joined the company just as we made the decision to to push it back. Um, and I can I can say like even though I hadn't been there before, like it was the right decision. You guys would have had a broken ass mobile client in your hands, and it would have just you know done <laughs> no, no, nobody more wants bad that. than. All yeah. right. Yeah, I finished uh, the presentation setup, and as I mentioned, the first trainings partner uh, formed in this Nation Cup. So, Jaking, do you want to introduce? Yes. Um, so, Team uh, Ambitious Moves is more than just Darkness and I. Uh, we have a lot of people, so. First of all is Wild Eyes. As you can see here, uh, he comes from a long background of actually chess, which when I, when I first heard, I found that very interesting because most people come from like Magic or Hearthstone. And chess is, I think, actually gives him a very unique view uh, on cards. And I think in the last, was it during the OCC stream that all of you and Bubbles were comparing cards to chess, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that gives him a very interesting insight that a lot of players don't have. And Wild Eyes was actually the person who approached me to join. Um, I think he scouted me out during the uh, Nations Cup. I don't know how yeah. many people here remember that, but Team Canada did not win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Wild Eyes... Uh, spoke to me after the tournament and was basically like, I know Team Canada obviously didn't win, but like I noticed you personally did very well. Uh, and then I think a couple of weeks after that, he and the other founding members spoke together and then 
invited me in. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's, um, that's true. But like Right Eyes, I already had you on my radar for quite a long time. If you remember season <laughs> uh, eight, eight, yeah, yeah, I I was like on a very good spot. Uh, spot rank, rank one and rank two on the ladder, and you were barely fighting to reach top 10. And two days from Ray, like 40 hours from the season ending Ray, you asked me, hey, can you share your deck list? And I was, hmm, <laughs> this, this guy wants to get into top 10. Yeah, I, I give it to him. I give it to him. 24 hours later, he was that close. <laughs> sitting on, right behind my back, fighting for top three, top one. Uh, and I was getting very nervous, but I fought him back and secured my second season win. <laughs> and I did not forget, forgot that. I did not forgot that till season 13, Jack King. Yeah, Se season five 13, months later. <laughs> five months later, <laughs> Jake King was very successful on the ladder and having a huge advantage. And I was, hmm. Let's ask him for his deck. He found <laughs> a pretty good one. And he shared this. And yeah, when, when Darkness <laughs> asked me for my deck, I thought back to season eight when I asked Darkness for his deck. And <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll return the favor. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did return the favor. I used this deck and I sneaked on top of him and stole this season win. I, I'm not proud of this, but this was my third season win, and Jay King learned his lesson. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the that season was the first... Well, season 8 and season 13 were the first two seasons that I really pushed on ladder. And season 13, I had a 200-point lead going into the last day. And I asked Darkness what his strategy for keeping first was, and he said, just, like, keep an eye on the ladder, make sure no one's, like trying to pass you. But with a 200-point lead, you're definitely safe. So I started checking back on ladder every like hour or so, going up. And it was like the final four hours before season reset. And I noticed darkness had climbed from like 10th to like 4th, <laughs> which was like a 100-point climb in a couple hours. I'm like, OK, but I still have a 200-point lead over him. And then going into like the final hour, I open up cards, and Darkness is like <laughs> fifteen points behind me now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I also think like I feel like I feel like you know this this battle for like the top spot of a ladder, you know, it's it's not something that a lot of people experience in a lot of games. So obviously, there can only be one that sits at the top. But I, I know this from you know other games like League of Legends or or just any other game that has a leaderboard like the amount of effort and and you know pride and sense of accomplishment and so on that's that's involved in just keeping that first place right even though it's by you know a single point um and then losing it on a single point or something like that you know a whole month of grinding a whole month of achievements like it's so brutal and that's also why i really wanted the occ so that there would be something like a little bit more to to <laughs> do than just like all right i came in second that sucks <laughs> exactly that is why we noticed every big band but later more all right uh the next 
a member of our training group is Rainzone. Another German player, he played nearly every CCG out there, but was most successful in Muscat, a winner of a community tournament, and whatever Spellweaver is, I don't know anything next to Hearthstone and cards. Uh, his best results in cards are he reached the Officer Club Championship two times and ended as third and fourth. That's pretty good. And his best end of the season place was fourth. He's currently busy because he just became a father. But he's uh, doing quite some stuff behind the scenes for for our team, like uh, creating an online online tool for sharing decks on statistics and that closed in our game and uh, our team. Yeah, and even despite being a uh, like recent father, um, he was actually participating in uh, in the world the championship. Yeah. Yeah. And he did pretty good. Uh four three both or maybe one five. I don't know anymore. Well then next teammate the most recent teammate is uh I just want to pronounce this name right because everyone was doing it wrong. He won. Uh, this is Doc E, thirty-four. Is that actually how he pronounces it? Yes. Really? <laughs> well, he he wrote to it to difficult. me. Um. Yesterday he wrote it to me. Yesterday it's Doc E. Doc E thirty-four. Okay. Yes. Okay, all right. So... Then I've been doing it wrong for all this time. <laughs> so so am I. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> well, Doggy is the most recent member of our team, but he's definitely not new to CCGs. He's a very long time Hearthstone player, uh, as you can you can see his accolades in Hearthstone up there on the screen. Uh, we first noticed him in the opens. Um, well, actually, I first noticed him. I think. Fairly recently after he started cards, he started a stream. And despite being very new to the game, I already could tell he was very good at the game for someone who was new to it. He caught on to cards' mm -hmm. unique mechanics very quickly. I, um, I uh, excuse me, I noticed him first at the Meti GG's community tournament for $100 because I lost to him. <laughs> and I didn't forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tip for anyone out there. Wondering how you get into uh, these types of groups, just beat Dark. <laughs> but the uh, the nine eighty three, I want to say, is their name. I apologize if I got that wrong. Nine eighty three events. Uh, there were two open tournaments that they hosted, where the first stage was a massive Swiss round, and Doggy got into the top eight in both of those two events, which is incredibly impressive. Uh, because it's very easy to say that um, someone, like I'm sure there's tons of players out there who just don't really have the time to put into ranked ladder to necessarily make it to an OCC. 
but these open tournaments where it's a Swiss round and he consistently went uh, like, I think seven, one in both um, just proved that he was a very excellent player. Uh, and yeah, we talked it out and I think he joined the team just around like a month ago and he's been a very valuable asset. Uh, he's willing to put in the effort and train any deck with anyone basically any time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he's very experienced in playing tournament games, creating tournament lineups. I think he helped us uh, at least somehow. Well, he really likes discard, and checking I didn't choose to play discard, so World Championship. But he has always good ideas if someone asking like, uh, what do you think about this deck? How can I improve it? What about this in this card? Um, he's already a valuable member of our team. Yeah, he's very good at like bringing up points you might have just like taken for granted. Like we'll bring out a deck which we've brought to like several tournaments in a row, and we'll be like, okay, this deck is already refined. It's we keep bringing it multiple of people have brought it to multiple tournaments and then he'll just be well what about changing this card for this card yeah and exactly like wow we haven't even thought about changing this deck in several months <laughs> and he just immediately finds something in it <laughs> yeah that's true all right next member it's also you know new eyes on on old decks yeah, Always yeah. See something new the next member is Ari big ben well, he played a lot of card games too, like Spellfire, Star Wars, Hearthstone, and many more. A lot of the rings and Magic the Gathering at a professional level. Level. He was captain for the national team at the World Cup, played in several Pro Tours and Tournament of Grand Prix, made top eight at Grand Prix Liverpool, best as best result in Magic the Gathering. His best result in cards are um, he won the OCC, participating three times, best place one and three, and he participated in both cards open, but that's a slightly mistake. He <laughs> didn't want cards open, that was someone else. And uh, who was that again? Yeah, <laughs> that, uh, someone else. <laughs> and, uh, but he got into top eight of both, both cards open. And uh, Oli, you mentioned it's brutal by losing whole months of grinding up to <laughs> one point. But this man did this. Uh, season season 14? 14, I think. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Season 14, uh, he was like yo-yoing up the ladder, up and down, losing 100 points, gaining 150 points, losing 200 points. But at the last hour of the season or the last two hours he was hitting a streak with commando uh, with a commonwealth deck britain japan uh 100 win rate in i don't know 12 games 15 games and he closed the gap to blue blast and won with two points gap uh, no, only one point gap one point yeah, one, point one point gap this was very impressive. So that month, I had uh, I had written up the the participants for the OCC, uh, like 
a few minutes before midnight and, and that kind of stuff. So when I checked the next day and I realized the order had changed by one point, I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ari is just an absolute beast on ladder. It's honestly kind of insane. Um, I'd be willing to bet that he probably plays, at the moment, he probably plays more cards than anyone else. Yeah. And he's always testing out new th crazy things and making it work. It's ridiculous. And he'll do it at any time. He's not one to just sit on first. Like I've seen yeah. multiple times, he'll get to first on ladder with a deck that's working incredibly well. He, and then once he gets first, he'll just switch to something completely else and keep playing. <laughs> and losing. <laughs> like, he don't, uh, so most of the months he don't care at ranking at all. He's playing deck over deck over deck and he's building so many decks and having so many ideas. That's the reason why uh, he is in our team. Because, well, most of these ideas and decks aren't working very well, but uh, it's just the amount of good ideas and effort he puts in and creating finally good decks after polishing them in hours of ranking. And yeah, he did it. He won uh, the season 14 and he's the reason why Blue Blast is not having any uh, season win. <laughs> Till now. Uh, uh, I'd just like to point out a question from RD Big Dog in the chat. Uh, he says, I'm curious, how many hours a week does a top player play in the game? How much time commitment does that take? Uh, do you want to answer that first, Darkness? How many hours a day? Um, on average, maybe... Well, it's it's different based on how busy I am with my real life, with my job, with other things. Uh, when I was very hard grinding cards, it was like four or five hours on average per day. Right now it's two hours to three. Yeah. When it really depends on the season because especially if you're going for the top of ladder, if you get first, you usually want to sit uh, and just not play at all. So I've had seasons where I will basically just not play for two, three weeks. Well, like play maybe half an hour, an hour a day for the first three weeks of season. And then I'll play for eight consecutive hours, two or three days in a row, hit first, and then not play for the rest of the season again. Yeah, and then there's been some seasons where you just have to completely fight for it. Like in August, I thought Blue uh, Blue Blast was going to beat me and take first. I was playing so much cards. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think it's not about the total amount of hours. It's more the total amount of ranking games. And mm -hmm. this starts with 300 games per month up to 600, 700. Well, looking at every big band, basically open-end. <laughs> <laughs> So I mean I can I can give additional context for this from from other games. I mean the time that you guys are quoting here isn't isn't that much different from what we were seeing around the top, you know, of the leaderboard in League of Legends for instance. You know, if you were one of the top 50 players on a server for League of Legends, you were playing on average 6 to 8 hours a day. 
Yeah. 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 A number of games. Um, so part of the, in an amazing tool made for us by uh, Rainzen, <laughs> we've, we've been, <laughs> don't worry, we're not going to show it. Uh, but we've basically been gathering stats. Uh, so I have a record for the past four or five seasons of how many games I've played. Every single game I've played on ranked, I've recorded uh, my deck who I played um, and the change in points. And there are seasons where I think the the season with the least amount of games is 180 uh, or 200. And then the one with the most is probably 400 for me. Hmm. But a lot of the time, the difference in the number of games in that case is I just want to test out new things in the beginning of a season. So. All right. The next player, would you like to introduce him, Jaking? <laughs> well, I think we all know and love uh, this next player, Darkness. So there's not a lot that can be said about him that most people don't already know, but there is a lot that needs to be said about him. Uh, just looking at these results in cards, it's insane. Uh, he is qualified to every single OCC. Uh, he won both of the promotional events, Battle of Britain and Battle of Moscow. Um, it feels like he's won basically every single 983 <laughs> open tournament they've ever hosted. Um, at qualified for World Championship 2019, and he is currently in the top 16 for World Championship 2020, which will be played tomorrow. Uh, he's won three seasons, I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. And founder of Team Ammo. Yeah, kind of. Thank you, Shaking. <laughs> And yeah, and he finally won an OCC match. And I finally won an <laughs> OCC match. Yeah, the curse is broken. After dropping out five times every single turn, I finally won a game. And I didn't only won one. I won two matches and reached the third spot. Quite nice amount of prize money and two podium spots for Team Ammo. That's the double amount of spots compared to Team Radiant Gaming. All right. Oh, the rivalry is real. <laughs> Last but not least, Jaking7. Didn't we have a nicer picture of you? Well, your yeah, face cam. It was pretty short notice. <laughs> your, your face cam is even more pretty. Um, yeah, you played Hearthstone for four years, and every season is a legend. I need it six months to grind cards because uh, I played Hearthstone free to play too. Well, your best results in cards are uh, four times top eight OCC qualified every time, like Blue Blast and I. And you were two times winner, two, uh, one time second and three times third, if I'm correct. Two no. times third. Two times third. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and one time dropout. I, I remember that. <laughs> um, we don't speak about that we one. We <laughs> don't speak about that one. Uh, the, that's very incredible. The, you finished the last five seasons in a row as 
Hashtag first. Well, <laughs> I, I was kind of sad about this because season four, uh, season 13, I was able to get my third season win. And till that point, no one ever done this. I was very happy with this. Then Ari won his season. Uh, then Jaking won a season and won another season. And I was, wow, this guy's crazy. Getting two seasons, season wins in a row. Getting a third season win. And now he's on my level. I was, whoa, great. But please stop. I tried to stop and I couldn't. <laughs> and he just surpassed me. Maybe being the best cards player right now. Or at least one of the best, best cards player. Uh, he finished. I would say, I would say, you can't have a conversation about who is the best in cards without including Jaking. Yeah, that's that's true. Because of his recent season wins, of his OCC wins, qualifying for cards open to finishing second, he won the singleton event. Uh, that's the only nine eight three event I didn't won. <laughs> <laughs> and you finished, uh, you reached top 16 last World Championship, reached top 16 this championship, and it's ongoing. Well, we will fight this tomorrow. And yeah, ob obviously your best season place is won. All right. So Thank that you. was the uh, full roster of... <laughs> Yes, this Team was a full roster of Team Ambitious Move. Thank you very much, Wild Eyes, for creating this presentation. <laughs> yes. Uh, this this was actually amazing. He, I think he chose yesterday to do this and was texting me about this. I gave him some information. And this night I got the first version, the second version, today the third version, and uh, even then corrected the last and final version. That was amazing. He's he's like the kid. Is this an English word? Like to hold the team together? Wait a second. Um, um, not putty. sure. Huh, he's the, well, in, 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 in German you can, yeah, yeah it's a glue. All right. Yeah, and we What's just that? we just finished. Yeah, do you want to say something? I was, I was just wondering what, what's next. I'm, I'm okay. so excited. Ah, about yeah. This topic. Uh, <laughs> we just finished the first headline of Team Ammo announcement. I do have a few more topics. Like, I want to talk about the new officer packs. I want to talk about a special duplicate protection. I want to talk uh, maybe about the OCC, the recent, maybe about the championship, the, and the next expansion. We saw a huge amount of new card revealed. And guess what a special guest is good for? Oli just brought a gift. You are going to see a new card reveal. That introduces something that ha is not possible in the game at the moment. 
Pass. Or, I, I'm very hyped for this, but let's stick to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to these headlines. I worked very, very hard for this. <laughs> All right. But uh, everyone watching, you should go tell your friends that there will be a card reveal coming. Yes, definitely. I, I will add this to the stream title. It's a good one. It is an amazing one. I'm incredibly excited <laughs> for this card. <laughs> All right. I, I need to move Ollie. Do you have an overlay yeah, with, maybe. with maybe three or even four cards? Um, no, not that's ready. Not ready. But we like, uh, as you guys learn what you need more and more in the podcast. Just let me know, and, and we can make changes. Well, try and make it look as good as possible. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. This is uh, very appreciated. All right, and. I will attempt to invest in a better uh, webcam. <laughs> better webcam. You're gonna just keep winning the tournaments, and you're good. <laughs> All right. Now Ollie is ahead of us, watching us, <laughs> looking down at you guys. Yes. So. Yeah, talking about packs. Officer packs. Officer packs, including, uh, they, they just pop up at the store maybe one week ago, something like that. And they are including seven cards, but they are more expensive. Basically, the triple amount. Um, 30 gold, and I don't know the real money price, Oli? 495. 495. Um, yeah. But if you look at these, packs uh, 1939 did something amazing because these are the stats from uh, these officer packs uh, as you can see the chance of getting an elite and special is maybe doubled compared to the regular one if I'm correct so, if I recall correctly from the... Because we also released the uh, numbers for the base pack. Um, I think the odds of getting an Elite in the first six cards is double that of a normal pack. But then if you calculate the fact that if in the seventh card you haven't gotten any special or Elite yet, you now have a 30% chance of that last card being an Elite. So... And that's so the way the way this the way this works out is you're four times more likely on getting uh, an elite card on any given card in a seven in the seven card officer pack than you are on any given card in the standard pack. Four times more, and the price is yep. tripled. So you're saving resources, uh, you're saving gold or money by investing into officer packs. Well, if you're completely new, you probably want to buy a set. Um, of regular cards to get all of these standard and limited ones but to complete your collection and looking for specials and elites these officer packs are amazing because you are guaranteed to get a special or elite for every single pack for example you're going to open 10 packs you're getting three elites on average 
and seven specials. And there's a thing, I didn't saw any announcement, but a few player uh, told me from that, there is apparently a special duplicate protection. How crazy is that? If you're going to open packs, you're not getting any trash specials anymore. You're getting the tr special cards you need. Well, so I, I just I just want to say because we haven't we haven't you know officially announced this, and I don't want to get fired, so <laughs> I won't confirm or deny anything. But I will say that you guys are you know well on your way on making a, a good assumption based on the data available. So uh, yeah, I special can, I can duplicate. Speak to Special duplicate protection. How crazy is that? I remember the time when I was fulfilling my collection, grinding up to 100%, and these specials were a real issue. Like opening a lot of packs till you get all the the missing elites. And I did this. I did all. I got all of the elites. I didn't crafted them. But at this point, I was missing like 60% of the specials, and I needed a huge amount of resources to craft these missing special elites. Right now it's very, very cheap, like the cheapest point in history of cards to fulfill your collection. That's amazing. Yeah. And so what I want to say about this is like, I want to iterate that this is a this is a, an ongoing process. This is a live process, right? So like if you rewind a year ago, we didn't have the, the data we needed. We didn't have the experience we needed. We didn't have the knowledge we needed to make the officer packs. Um, but this is what we do, and this is how we approach things. Um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that everything is perfect in cards all the time, and we never make mistakes. But you know, the reason why I'm so confident in this team is because the direction we're going. Um, everybody's willing to try new things. Everybody's willing to learn um, and look at the, the current state of things and look at things like, oh, people are really struggling to finish out their specials, right? So we're actually seeing people finish elites before specials. Uh, that isn't great. Okay, we're going to be releasing, you know, 82 cards in the next expansion here with Breakthrough. Um, there's not going to be a ton of standard cards there, so it's going to feel really bad to open, you know, just standard packs to get the Breakthrough expansion. You kind of need to be able to get these higher chance cards as well and get them more efficiently. All right, let's make a pack that makes that better. Let's put in, you know, duplicate protection for specials. Let's help our players get to the point where they feel proud of their collection. and you know, it's never a question of like, uh, you know, it's never a question of like paid users versus non-paid users on our end, right? The, what we've what we've said and is like our stated goal when it comes to people spending money. If you feel forced to spend money, like, take a break from cards and go play another game, right? Because we don't want you to feel forced to spend money ever. We don't want you to sit there and be like, oh man, I need to drop 60 bucks on this game, otherwise I'll never win again, right? And even though that feeling sometimes pops up, and I think we all know that feeling, I think what you guys do in your in your tournaments and the way you build decks and the way you play is you show that that's not the case, right? It's not just the, the money you put in that, that returns results on the other, other side. There are multiple avenues to, to improve, but that doesn't change the fact that when people get that feeling, they get frustrated and they leave. So 
we never want you to feel like you have to spend money on cards. We want you to spend money on cards because you want to spend money on cards. Because this game is such a good use of your time because you feel like you're getting so much value and so much entertainment out of it that you look at it and think, man, these 500 hours of play are definitely worth 50 bucks, right? Like, not upfront, not going like, oh, I'm going to drop 50 bucks and then potentially play this for two hours. And then, no, no, no. Like, once you're at a point where you feel like the game is awesome for you, you like it, you've gotten so much value out of it, you have some extra money, and you want to, you know, uh, pay some money into the game and improve your collection, do it, right? Up until that point, play for free. And utilize guides from you guys, from Radiant Gaming, from this guy, from this guy, on doing better in draft, on getting cards for free, on building your collection. Um, tomorrow during the, the World Championship stream, we're going to be showing some stuff that's coming in the expansion that we haven't revealed yet um and like that's stuff that we're just giving to everybody right and that's just it's the way we want to approach this it's the way we want like the game to work um so yeah yeah i think you guys are doing an incredibly great job with that like i remember when i started playing i was basically just like looking for a free game to play on a on a weekend and <laughs> it was really fun so i kept playing it a bit um but i i never dreamed of putting money into this um because i just i'd recently like within the past year left hearthstone because it was i realized that i just can't afford to keep playing the game the way i was playing it uh and that is the way i kind of wanted to play the game was to be able to have access to all this stuff and that just wasn't possible without yes. spending money so i was just looking for a fun card game to play on the side and not just create another money sink for me. Checking and I played this game free to play, and I got all the elites. Um, I got all the standards. I have ninety nine percent of the limiteds, and I refuse to craft that last one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then I got like sixty percent of the specials, but I had enough resources to craft any special I wanted if I was missing it. And then at that point, I'd actually I'd basically had a full collection, and I was completely free to play. And it was at, actually at that moment for me where it's like, I really like this game. And I kind of feel bad that I've done everything I've had and put so much time into this game for free. Because you guys really deserve at least a portion of my money for how much I've gotten out of this product you have created. So then I got the like nation bundle. I got the all of like the limited time events uh, you've had for each nation, like Bottle, Battle of Moscow. Um, so now I've started to like invest back into the game because I love what you guys are doing. Okay. But... Well, checking you had like yeah, checking you had the same background as I, because I stopped playing Hearthstone because it wasn't able to uh, play this game for free anymore and being at top level simultaneously. So I left. I quit Hearthstone and played another another game but uh the midterm exams were hitting me at the university well not well it's it's like the the final exam of the whole education but it's divided into two so after the first two and a half year it's the first big exam and i spent it way too much time into hearthstone <laughs> so i focused on my education I would do this again. 
Well, I completely forgot what I wanted to say, Oli. It's your turn. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, what I was going to say is like, this is this is what I believe to be a healthier relationship with um, a long, like a long-standing community, right? If you want to build a community that lasts for ten years, um, I feel like this is the kind of relationship that you have to create where people can come in, they can start playing for free, they can test out your product, they can figure out if this is something for them. And while they're doing that, they're not being pressured constantly into like spend money, spend money, spend money. They can just they can just take their time. And it doesn't matter if it's a year of you playing on and off before you decide to ever spend or whatever it is. It's like once you then make that decision, all right, now I'm gonna spend money on this, right? Um, you should also feel heard, right? And that's why we listen to the feedback in the community. That's why we respond to that is, is because, you know, you're not just paying us money. You're also paying us your time, right? And I would say your time is probably more valuable than your money. And especially in the ecosystem of video games that we see today, where player numbers have become such a huge part of people deciding whether or not they play a game, right? Rewind 10, 15 years. Nobody had any idea how many people played every game, right? And as soon as there was a dip in the player base, not everybody jumped uh, to social media and yelled, the game's dead, the game's dead, jump ship, <laughs> right? Um, and that's a huge change. We, we had like three months after the launch, three or four months, where we were dropping in player base. And the launch like blew us up, like spiked us up a lot. And then we kind of started trickling down. And during that time, we learned so many things, right? All of the improvements that you guys are seeing now come from the learning that we did during that period. And then we started implementing those learnings and we started, you know, implementing the new login rewards. We started putting in, you know, uh, easier ways to build out your collection. We started changing the way you kind of earn rewards and, and that kind of stuff. And we're working on so many more things to come. And for me, that was like, um, it, it, it sucked when I got messages on Discord um, from players and saw Steam reviews that were like, "Oh, this this game's down twenty percent in player base in the past three months. It's dead. Not don't don't even don't even try it. Don't even waste your time here. Right? It's like the game's dead. But then since then we've managed to you know reverse the trend and now we're kind of slowly uh, gaining players or, or, or staying the same and kind of slowly growing and we know that you know the market for card games is primarily on mobile today so we have so much um ground still to cover but we feel way more confident about going out on mobile with a game that we have in its current state than you know five mm. months ago when we didn't have login rewards and when Germany was played in 80% of the games and when, you know, <laughs> but remember, remember, remember that yeah. time in the game, yeah. everybody was like, 1939 games, fix the fucking game, like, <laughs> fucking losing their shit, right? And I can tell you, on our side, we were probably more pissed off about the, the state of the game than anyone else, right? Because... That's our livelihood, right? That's the past five years of, of, of 15 hour days that have gone into making this experience. And then all of a sudden people go up and they say, man, this experience sucks. And everybody's like, fuck, no, no, we need to change that experience. <laughs> we need to make it better. Like we want them to love this. So uh, for me, that's like, you know, this is the way you should build a game if you're thinking about it long-term. And I also think that kind of, the, the premise for video games and kind of the, the, the expectations from the market 
have changed as well, right? It's like you have games out there like, you know, Fortnite, where you get everything for free and it's only cosmetics that are sold. Like Dota, where you get all the champions for free and it's only cosmetics that are sold. And there are really, really big companies behind that that are able to um, that are able to just give all their content and survive purely on economies of scale because they because they have access to so many players. Like Riot Games, they can email like 500 million people. You know, <laughs> like if they if they come out with a new game, they launch Legends of Rune Terra, they can just go, all right. Let's promote Legends of Runeterra to these 500 million emails we have, right? Boom, 50 million players. And even if those 50 million players spend an average of $1 per person, the seven-year development process of this game has been paid up in the first, you know, month or year or whatever, just because they have access to so many people. So we're on the flip side. Where where Riot was 10 years ago when they were building their community, when they had nothing, they just had their product. And their product needed to do all the talking, not their marketing emails or their esports events or anything else. It's the product. And that's the language that we have to talk to you guys. And if we're saying mean things to you through the language of the game, tell us because we don't want to be mean, right? Yeah, you're yeah. right, Oli. You're 100% right. And that's exactly the reason why I invited you to this podcast because I really like to, to see the other side, to hear something from the developer to see something that you guys are seeing because if i usually play a game or even if i'm participating in the community the developer are always something like something very far away and yeah, i don't very really know abstract concept yeah it's an abstract concept i don't really see the people there but that's different with cards and i really like that I think that I think that definitely has, you know, some root in CCP and the fact that so many of us have background at CCP. Um, so CCP has this obviously like Eve Online has this unique feature compared to a lot of other games where the average age of the player base is like around 30, right? So you have kind of an older player base than a lot of other games. And that meant that you could kind of fundamentally in a different way interact with the community. So, you know, player gatherings and festivals for, around EVE Online were all about just the devs meeting the players and them partying together, right? It meant that you were you were pushed towards the players and you were held as close to the players as possible. And I think that's something that rubbed on rubbed off on all of us. And today, you know, we don't want to um run a video game company where we sit on our you know ivory tower and and laugh at the people having a bad time at our game or whatever right it's like that that really sucks um and and some companies are like that right some companies um you know the, the senior <laughs> leadership just feel comfortable doing that but what i can tell you like from the games industry perspective is it almost doesn't matter what the decision is or how it was made if you think it's like a really bad decision it was probably not made, like, on purpose by the team that has to eventually present it, right? So, like, Midian Masters changed their in-game economy the other day um, to slow it down a little bit. And they talked about, you know, the game not being too free. Um, and that's something that, like, 
you know, you can talk about that being a faux pas or whatever, but they're probably just in a reality where they needed to do that, right? It, it, they were they were driven by necessity, not by greed or anything else. But from the player perspective, it looks like greed, right? Yeah. Um, and they get really mad and start yelling at the person that writes the dev blog. But the person that writes the dev blog probably just got like, hey, you need to write a dev blog about this thing that we're doing that was, you know, decided on a board meeting two months ago and has then trickled down the pipe or something. And he's the one that gets all the hate. He's the one that gets death threats on Twitter or whatever else there is, right? So sometimes we just need to like simmer down a little bit and realize, you know, it's in the company's best interest to give you good service and not try and like milk all the money from you in the shortest period possible because that's not a sustainable business model. And talking about money, I remember what I wanted to say. Um, for me, somehow it's important to be able to be at the top of the game, of the competition, without paying anything. I don't want to be forced to pay money, but the time, uh, and I did this with cards, I got, well, everything just by grinding and spending time. And the time when I noticed, yeah, I really like this game and I want to give something back to the developer, to this community, uh, that was not the time. Uh, when I decided to spend money, I didn't. I'm still completely free to play, but I choose to write a positive Steam uh, comment. And uh, this was very popular because I spent a lot of hours and got a lot of success in the game. And well, it was just a real comment. People noticed that somehow. And I started to stream started to producing content to help uh, 1933 this way because at this point, well, I'm not a student anymore. I can afford uh, buying something for 20 bucks or 50 bucks, but I don't think this uh, is helping the developer as much as this is uh, what I'm currently doing. Like, uh, currently, I am in the position of being part of the cards community, like Blue Blast, like Innocent Bubbles, like Dynamo, like everyone else. And uh, looking at the Twitch viewerships, uh, uh, the Twitch viewer, every time there is some of the little known player or even more known player streaming, they are. 20 player watching this and that's the double amount of player from uh, compared to six months ago and right before that uh one year ago there was like three player watching cards four player watching cards i don't know the statistic and how much money you made from me ollie uh, but maybe it's even more than you paid me through these tournament prizes I mean, uh, that could very, like, very well be the case, right? Um, and that's why, you know, that's that's one of the things why, you know, I talk about, you know, showing appreciation for doing more than just spending money. Um, and that's something that, you know, us as a company, um, we want to do. And that's why, you know, that's why I am so, you know, open and 
you know, immediately available to you send me a message with, you know, the ammo logo and go like, can you spoil this on stream, right? I mean, if, if this was like a League of Legends, you know, team uh, asking them to put something into the broadcast, you know, on 30 minutes notice, never, never, right? But like, <laughs> I understand we're, we're, we're effectively working towards the same goal here, right? And yeah, we are, we are basically on the same side. Absolutely, mm -hmm. right? And more players and cards means more viewers for your stream. Um, means bigger streams, means more revenue opportunities. You know, when 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 Hotshot GG, so uh, a lot of people like I don't know I don't know how many people in chat were kind of in the the streaming scene and following the content creation scene back in like two thousand eight, right? Two thousand eight, two thousand nine. But that's when owned three uh, like owned three D TV, if you remember that, um, that was the original streaming platform before Twitch, and you know, when the first League of Legends streamer started streaming there, he had fifty viewers. So that was me. Like I was I was sitting at home, watching this guy, and he had fifty viewers. And you know, League of Legends was was a big game. Now the biggest League of Legends streamer probably has like <laughs> forty thousand viewers or fifty thousand viewers. So, um, and this guy in particular, Hotshot GG, that was streaming that I started watching there, he turned you know the growth of League of Legends and him positioning himself there at the start of the game into what's today Counter Logic Gaming, which is you know a successful company that he sold his part in. Um, he's effectively you know financially independent at this point. Um, and he did that through his passion of video games and and by, you know, taking part in the community and putting himself out there. And yes, he did so much good stuff for League of Legends and Riot, but he mostly did it for himself. So that's why I think like there's this symbiotic relationship of, you know, streamers, content creators, uh, bloggers, vloggers, whatever else there is, and the developer, and that they need to work like closely together. Yeah, that's, 100% agree with Yes, that. definitely. Someone's at my door. I'm pretty sure it's my kids coming home, so I'll be right All right. All right. Um, well, while Ollie's uh, not here, uh, because he cannot officially confirm the existence of special deep protection, uh, I'll explain how I came to this realization. So when they gave out the, when they added the um, like daily login uh, bonus track, uh, and then when people got their free specials, I saw a lot of people saying that they might, there might be special due protection because they got like the only special they were missing. And at the time I didn't put much thought into that because there was like a handful of people. And I don't know if that's when they added it or if that was still a coincidence. But um, I got one 30 packs in the Singleton tournament. And I went to open those 30 packs. And I have like 90% by this point. I think I had like 90% of the specials. And in those 30 packs, I got 10 specials. And those 10 specials were the exact 10 specials I needed to finish my special collection. Wow. So obviously, Ollie, you can't confirm if uh, special dupe protection is currently. Existent. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know you are really but, uh, lucky. <laughs> yeah, I haven't calculated the math, but it is absurdly unlikely that uh, 
that happened without some form of intervention. And I remember when I told Darkness about it, <laughs> Darkness' <laughs> reaction was like, wait, I've saved up all of this gold and all of these resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember this. The, this was a moment I figured out uh, you... Uh, it's that cheap to fulfill your collection. Like, I was grinding for this moment, for this expansion, for one year. 12 months I did the dailies, I played a hell lot of cards, I saved a lot of gold. Let me show you. Um, I saved... Uh, maybe... Can you see that? Is this big enough? I make it bigger. Uh, 3,498? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of gold. I saved this amount of money. Well, currently the campaigns were coming in $100 each. This was pocket money for me because I was saving this amount for the next expansion because I was calculating like hmm, maybe it's the same amount of cards like last year, so 21 elites. I do need, uh, well, in one pack you're getting uh, May, maybe 20, uh, the chunks in one pack getting an elite is maybe 5%. So I need to open 20 packs, getting one elite. Meaning for 21 elites, I need uh, 200, uh, I mean, I need 420 packs, one, uh, 10 gold each. I need around 4,000, 4,200 gold. I was, and I was grinding this for one year. I didn't reach it, but I have quite a nice amount of resources. And from the duplicates, you're getting even more resources. So I was pretty confident, yeah, I can play the next expansion for free immediately. And then, boom, officer packs with a higher amount of, uh, a higher chance of getting elites and specials. And this was mind-blowing. Boah, you, you only need like 3,000 gold anymore. And then checking was, hey, darkness, <laughs> there's a duplicate protecting I was like, what? Nah. What? So, I mean... Really? Yeah. Well, basically, yeah. I, I, I calculated this. Uh, basically, you need, uh, looking at the shop, there are these officer, these pre-order packs. Uh, looking at the biggest bundle, Field Marshal, containing... 32 officer packs and Ollie confirmed this. Maybe I don't know if this, if this was official, but you need to buy this pack to get nearly the full expansion. Is this right, Ollie? Yes. Well, so I would say if you bought, um, go back to the overview of the shop, like again. Yeah. Ah. Um, so if you bought. Like, if you bought the Field Marshal Edition and the Captain's Edition, you would have, I, I would say you would have 99% of what you need in Breakthrough. The Field Marshal and the Captain's Edition? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, would, I would be surprised if you wouldn't be able to get all the cards through those two bundles in the pre-order. So if you're, if you're looking, like, you know. Okay. But then, then on top of that, you know, you can obviously buy the Field Marshal bundle and then buy the rest for gold. You can buy the Captain's bundle, buy the rest for gold. You know, you can do it oh. however you want. And that was that was also why it was so important for us to to introduce the officer packs for gold as well. Um, is because we 
we didn't want that to be like pay if you want higher rarity, right? We, we wanted that to be like um, something that is available to all, all the players. Um, so, so I would say like if, if, you're, if you're looking to sp save as much money and you, if you're looking to spend real money on this expansion and you're looking to save as much as you can, then I would buy the captains and the field marshal uh, pre-orders and you will not be disappointed in what you get from there. Oh, that's this... actually insane. Like if I'm thinking about other CCGs, um, like being able to get an entire expansion, yeah, like virtually guaranteed through pre-order. <laughs> Even that's like what? That's 150 USD for an entire expansion. That's like that's a very good deal if you want to spend the money and you compare that to. Uh, <laughs> Other games. Well, these both together are um, forty-seven. Maybe you only need forty-five officer packs. That are one thousand three hundred fifty gold. Wow, I I can buy this two and a half times. And I don't yeah. even need I don't even need to do that because yeah and. Yeah, top top eighty are receiving the medium bundle, and uh, through other uh, channels of being an active member of the cards community, being internal tester, moderator, com and community contributor, I'm I will Thomas confirmed I will uh, I will get the field marshal edition, meaning. Uh, 19, <laughs> 1939 is gifting me Captain's plus Field Marshal Edition, basically the next expansion for free. Why did I grind it one year <laughs> to get that? <laughs> well, if I wouldn't have grinded a year spending a lot of time and love into cards, I wouldn't get this. But... Anyway, and, thank you and very much. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be this, uh, it wouldn't be this good, right? Yes. Oh my God, Kelly, Kelly's in the in the chat. Yeah, I'm, I got to protect the PS5. That's true, there, Kelly. Oh, I, I so Agent Agent One Eighty Two was was asking if my son plays cards, and yes, he like a lot of the times he does sit um, in my lap and you know use the mouse to move the cards into the field. So uh, if I've beaten you on ladder, you've probably been beat by my kid. What? <laughs> That's actually great. <laughs> but the one time, you, I only lost one time uh, against you, and you chat. You had a chat with me after this. I'm pretty sure this wasn't your kid. <laughs> Darkness is just trying to save face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was that was that was that the moment where I called myself a top player and you just laughed at me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, but I, I do. Um, uh, no, it's my mom actually in the background there. It's my mom. Mom, say hello. Say hello to everybody, mom. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Putting the kids to bed and stuff. Well, we're in crunch time right now, so. Well, talking, talking about money. Um. Ollie just passed. Uh, Ollie just gave me a few codes to give away, 
every gold, every code is containing 30 gold, so enough gold to buy an officer pack. And I will start a little a little giveaway. I am just setting this up. And the next next topic will be uh, the OCC. Checking. Yes. So, uh, in case anyone missed it, the top three for this month's OCC was uh, third place, Darkness, finally breaking the curse. Um, second place, Blue Blast, and first place, myself. It was... This was a very interesting OCC to prepare for. So, uh, Darkness and I have both been to every single OCC. So we both we both have a very good idea of like how the meta has progressed in this tournament, and it is very unique, I would say, to what you see on ladder and what you see in like open tournaments. Um, so in the beginning, started off with just what you would expect: people bringing like the best decks on ladder, and then there was only like one or two good like best decks on ladder. So. Uh, Blue brought ramp and ended up getting second and people realized that ramp might be strong again And then in OCC 2 we saw people start slowing down because well ramp is good. So everyone's bringing ramp uh, And then OCC 3 everyone got even slower because people started to try to beat ramp with either slower ramp or like other decks that just include the uh, like US bomber package and then I think it was OCC 4 where like a large number of um, players from China entered on the scene and they brought uh the two i remember um who ended up getting first and second they brought a like very unique ramp package with a lot of retreat units and then the other one brought triple aggro and they got first and second because they just exploited this meta that had been developing in occ so then going into five everyone kind of went more mid-range or like quicker control decks and so going into this OCC6 was very interesting because we just finished, it was coming off the weekend of um, the Swiss round for World Championship. And so a lot of our decks were public, like a lot of the decks of people in OCC. I believe everyone, well, yeah, because everyone in OCC would have been in Swiss round for World Championship. So all of our decks we had been playing on the weekend were all public. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you were just able to scroll through 100 of open deck lists, choosing from the best uh, possible player or the most known player and trying good deck list, um, trying the best or the most successful deck list. And you saw a lot of them in the OCC. Well, the OCC yeah. is a little bit different from these Swiss rounds because you're not able to ban. For me, it, and that's and are closed in the first round. Uh, for me, that's a huge difference. Basically, it's the difference between winning and losing an entire tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I proved this with <laughs> the uh, first five OCCs. I, I'm better if if I'm able to ban uh, the deck I am 
I will lose against. So I quite like I quite I quite like this. Uh... Ali, Ali, you muted yourself. Yes, uh, my my son uh, just screamed at the top of his lungs. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, I would say. Give me one second. Okay, well, I really like I really like. Uh, <laughs> this concept of having a ban because I feel like it's way more strategic and you are able to uh, use your knowledge, your game knowledge, your matchup knowledge. Uh, it feels more skill-based instead of uh, running into random decks. So yeah, I mean, uh, what I want, like, from my perspective, I want the OCC to be uh, a kind of different experience than a, than a normal tournament. Um, I don't know if we're quite there yet with the current format um, of, of finding exactly where I want it to kind of end up. But um, I do want to have some differences there that make it slightly more difficult to, uh, to be, you know, consistent in, in just and dominating right it's not because i like rng it's because i feel like it's just a fundamentally different thing when you're tasked to kind of tech against anything versus where you have the option of banning a deck and mm. and kind of you know funneling the, the the matches towards what's comfortable for you so i want to i want to explore some way of of keeping the occ format a little bit separate but you know i'm, I'm completely open for looking into bans and stuff for the occ just to, just to throw uh, my two cents on that topic, I totally agree with Darkness that personally I love bands, but hearing you say that you want to keep, like you didn't go with bands initially, uh, or at least for now, because you want to keep it different from other tournaments, I totally see where you're coming from with that. And I think I like that it allows people to play different things. Because in a with a open list and bands, if you see a list that you're not familiar with, you're just going to ban it because you don't know the matchup. Um, so, for example, OCC2, I got matched up against um, Hubblebub, and he was a player who I had seen on ladder a lot playing like a German aggro like everyone else. Um, so we had German aggro, and I'd prepared to play against a German aggro. But then he had a Britain-Italian commonwealth deck that had spirit of rome for burst potential and it was a deck i'd never seen before in my life <laughs> and if there was, was bands, that the 80 was that the 86 86 horse i think so yes <laughs> <laughs> and if there was bands i would have banned that deck immediately and i probably would have won that set and no one would have ever seen that deck see the light of day on stream but because i couldn't ban it and I had no idea what to expect, and I hadn't teched against this. I was forced to play against it, and I got completely blown out. <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I like I like those surprises, and uh, I feel like I feel like you know, if we build our if we build our kind of esports ecosystem in a way that you know everything is the same and it doesn't matter if there's a broadcast on a weekend or a wednesday or whatever it's always going to be the same um i think we're kind of quickly gonna lose interest 
right? I mean, yes, the, the game evolves and yes, the meta changes and yes, there are new decks, and new strategies and all that kind of stuff. But like, that's the that's the reason why I want to do stuff like you know the the pauper format for the cards open, um, the reason why I want to have a different format for the OCC, a different format for, you know, a, another cards open, a different format for the World Championship, because I basically look at you know I basically look at the cards uh, card collection as a deck of cards, and then it's you know our effort and our, our job to create entertaining competitions on top of this set of cards, right? And we can do that in so many different ways. Um, and, you know, moving into 2021, uh, we're definitely going to be pushing to try and, you know, introduce different ways of playing the game into the client um, and, and kind of interacting with the possibly different modes and kind of brawl mode style thing with custom rules uh, maybe you know maybe there's a weak queue where you can only bring one nation at a time maybe there's another next week there's you know three nations in those decks right who knows where we can take it but what 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 i know and what you guys know and what every kind of proper experienced cards player knows is that once you change one of those parameters the game completely changes, right? It's an entirely different game. If you remove elites, entirely different game. You remove specials, entirely different game. Uh, Mono nation, entirely different game. Change, um, changing I mean, uh, elite rules, like only oh one elite uh, pen, uh, only one nation with elites, completely different game, like compared yeah. to one year ago. So, so I mean. That's what I like, and that's why I feel like, you know, there should be value in your card collection, um, you know, regardless of whether or not you enjoy this particular game mode, which is the ranked game mode at the moment, right? Just as, a, as, a, as but, an example. Um, um, I feel like... I, I like the ranked mode, yeah. But even more, I like the tournament mode, like the OCCs, like open cards, like the World Championship. I really love this. And yeah, I, I need I mean, to play ranked. Well, playing ranked is great and it's fun, but I need to do this to be able to play the OCC. There's, there's always yeah. something higher. Yeah. You've gotten me uh, addicted to tournaments now. <laughs> just regular ranked <laughs> just doesn't do it anymore so i mean i mean that's another thing that kind of if we're talking about like the three to five years in terms of cards esports what i do really want to look at is you know i want the tournament setting to be a choice in how you play the game right so like in in the future and you know we still have to see how we're going to get to that point if we're going to get to that point i don't know exactly how that's going to play out but, you know, um, if in an ideal world for me, if you were just if you were going to give me like the power to just describe what I wanted to see around cards, I would want like I want you to have a casual mode. You could test everything out and play without any worries. I want you to have a ranked mode and I want you to have a tournament mode. And I would want you to be able to basically choose which one of these paths you want to take to build up your collection, to build up your profile, to build up your, your reputation in the community. Um, do you want to be a ladder grinder and win five seasons in a row? Or do you want to just play the daily tournament or five tournaments a day and win those, right? And then what, what do the rewards look like? Will we have, you know, professional cards players that can grind tournaments in the future? I don't know. Um, 
but I think like I think looking at it as a as its own unique experience um, that has its own unique value for players that isn't represented in casual or ranked is something that is integral to us introducing it into the game so that it can be accessible for as many people as possible. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I really like how each tournament, it feels, has like a very different vibe. And like it has a lot of different preparation that has to go into it. Um, so I think like a very good example of that is in the World Championship uh, Swiss round, I played Japan, Germany, Agro. And it worked pretty well. Um, it was successful. A lot of people were playing it. But then going into OCC, I knew my first opponent. I looked at the decks he played, and I knew he was, had Brit Air. And I knew Brit Air was a poor matchup against all of my deck lists. Um, and I knew I couldn't ban it. So I looked at German, or Japan, German, Agro, and I really liked the deck, and I think the deck performs very well. But I really wanted to play Japan, German, Discard with Flam Panzers and Sudden Strikes and to just uh, have a very strong matchup against this air deck, which I knew I was facing up against, and I knew I would not be able to ban. And I did that change, and I ended up playing the Japan deck twice, and I won both times I played it, and both times was against air. So it just like goes to show that, um, yes, I think Japan aggro is probably a better deck than Japan discard. And yes... I'm sure like a lot of other people would have just gone with the aggro version, but it really goes to show that like, if you put this much, just like the difference in um, how like each tournament is set up with bands and open deck lists versus closed deck lists. Cause I'm sure my opponent in the first round, I forgot his name. Uh, well, it was, it's in Chinese, so I don't know it. I apologize. <laughs> um, I'm sure he expected that I had, the Japan aggro deck, because that's what I've played on ladder. That's what I played in the last tournament. Uh, so, and then I was able to use the closed deck lists to gain the small advantage. So I like how every single tournament just has a different uh, way you have to prepare for it. Yep. I mean, we're still in the early, early days of cards, right? We have so much <laughs> stuff in front of us. So. It's definitely a different way to prepare. Uh, Jacking and I figured this out, preparing for the OCC, preparing for the World Championship. Uh, the, the last couple of days, we talked a lot and trained a lot to prepare for the upcoming World Championship. And the next stage of the World Championship is being played tomorrow. Tomorrow, they are the top 16 best player of this year of the World Championship facing against each other in the KO system, single elimination, best of three. They are bringing four decks and one deck is banned. So that's uh, different, like completely new to cards tournament style. You have to bring four decks. You can ban, ban one, but there are three left and you have to win with two to move to the next round. So this format is different from everything else and uh, we, we were thinking and talking a lot about this fact because uh, we, we need to yeah adapt improve and we want to overcome tomorrow 
I also think I also think like there's not there's not many communities out there that are, that are better to work with than the carts community, right? Like you guys are very flexible and are very passionate and willing to to learn and adapt and kind of excel and enjoy that process. Whereas a lot of other communities would just, you know, just get frustrated, right? And, you know, quit or, or you know, raise all sorts of issues or, or something like that. So, you know, I, I just want to, I, I want to thank, um, I want to thank you guys for your participation and, and, and patience and understanding as well, right? Like, it's not, it's not something that is, is easy to, to do to kind of build, to try and build an esports scene like this uh, with such a small team like we are at 1939 Games, but you guys definitely make it easier. Yeah, and well, I, th I don't think it can possibly be uh, overstated just how much effort you have put into making this esports scene just like from the ground up and how much effort you put in behind the scenes. I think even to the people who play in these tournaments, it's hard for us to understand how much work you put into this. But I especially love that you're willing to like, like you take everyone's feedback and you take everyone's opinions uh, into account, I'd assume, based on just how these tournaments are run. Um, like, what comes to mind is when there was the big discussion about whether or not to keep it at OCC at top 8 or expand it to top 16, and there was this big debate among the people who had been to the couple of OCCs that had happened already, and uh, I suggested, well, how about we compromise and say top 12, and then top 4 get the higher seeding hmm. uh, and at the time i don't think like a couple of people liked the idea and i didn't really think much about it but then the next occ was top 12 and i don't know if i was the one who gave you that idea if you already had that idea or that just came to you at some other time but just like the fact that this is still evolving and i think you're i mean whoa 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 you spoiled the card i'm sorry i i wanted to set this up <laughs> Uh, because... Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> it's... Chat! <laughs> whoa! Because this is the next topic. Uh, the card reveal. Oli is here to spoil a card. Well, I did. <laughs> but the next card... Um, Oli just ah, gifted yeah. to us today is... Are you hyped? You already saw it. Who saw that? Hands up in the chat. It's a Japanese card. And it's that. Greater Propose. Oli, would you like to reveal this card? And explain. Yeah, Greater Purpose. Your units get destruction, draw a card. So that is uh, a new functionality that uh, and that's what I was saying earlier. You know, this is this is something that's going to be coming in uh, in breakthrough. Uh, the ability to basically give units um, effects, um, destruction effects, and and other effects. So uh, this is not research. Um, this will double stack. Um, so if you if you spent eight credits, you know you would draw two cards for every time your unit dies on the units that are on board when you play it. So, um, also, if, if the unit already has a, has a, a, a destruction effect, 
and this doesn't replace it just adds on top of it so uh, keep in mind keep in mind this 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 card has been tested a lot right and so i mean i'm reading like some op op <laughs> right like yeah um think about it um with this you have to spend four credits and then you have to like suicide a bunch of your units right you have to have units on board um so there are multiple ways to counter the ability to draw with this by you know keeping the opponent at bay stopping him from from spamming too many units on board um and so on but then if you do get ahead and you your your deck is built around using this card for card draw then you're probably going to get yourself in situations where you can use it effectively and use it as a draw. Well, yeah, I think people need to keep in mind comparing this to Rising Sun. Uh, so if you play Greater Purpose and you have two units on the board, it is four mana delayed to draw two. Uh, so you need at least three units for it to begin to be like a higher value than the cards that are already exist for a Japan deck. So, and even if you have it on three units, it's four mana, draw three, but you have to wait for the units to die. And compared to mobilization, which is five mana, draw three immediately. So you really have to be hitting this on four units uh, for it to be insane. Even then, I'm not even sure if it's insane unless you hit it on like five or more. But like four is very good. Three is... Hmm. It's three is usable, and then you get then you get carpet bombed, and uh, <laughs> your your hand just <laughs> fills up. You draw twenty cards. Yeah, the delayed effect is really interesting because, um, for example, something like Enigma, is there are times where you can't really use it if either your opponent has dumped their hand or you're stuck with a lot of cards in hand. Um, but this is really something that you can just like invest into the future, invest knowing your board will be cleared. I, I still don't know about this. It's I just I'm just very excited the uh, the give your units X effect. I'm incredibly excited. There's so many yeah. possibilities. Uh, are these X effect only destruction effects or even more? Like adding. Um. So I mean, uh, I I'm not 100 percent sure at the moment. The ones I know about are destruction effects uh, that I know off the top of my head. Um. But uh, yeah, there's going to be more cards that are going to be doing stuff like this coming up in Breakthrough. Um, so, All right. if, you are, if you guys are, uh, guys are uh, well, freaking isn't, out about this one, isn't just Breakthrough? It's a German card, makes your enemy, uh, all of his units, losing destruction effects. Oh, that card is. <laughs> so, yeah, and I mean, so think about it as well is you know this this adds different layers of play as well now like patrol patrol is going to be more valuable right yeah um, any card that gives you the ability to remove destruction effects that haven't been used almost at all um for a long time will become more useful so we're gonna you know what this what this expansion is really bringing us is kind of a just a different game Right, um, it's going to bring us different strategies. It's going to bring us different things to counter. It's going to bring us different things to build decks around. Um, so yeah, I I think um, think this is going to be a super interesting card to see what you guys do with it. 
and I I can't wait. Like, so I'm not a game expert. I trust Kelly. Um, it is not just destruction, says Kelly. Okay. Um, ah. Oh yeah, that's true. It's not just destruction. Um, Kelly is in the chat. One. Welcome. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I trust Kelly. Um, you know, I would trust Kelly to the ends of the earth when it comes to the game design thing, right? I'm not, I'm not a game designer, um, and he works really closely with the internal tester team, which is a fairly large group of of players that play a lot and test those cards a lot. So, I have a lot of fun seeing the reactions to cards. Yes, some are going to be strong, some are going to be weak, some are going to look like insanely OP, but are going to suck. Others are going to look <laughs> like they suck, but are really, really OP. But the first reaction is always so good because people just lose their mind, right? <laughs> just like you reveal their mind, like, oh my god! Just lose it. I, um, I, so I, yeah, I need I to apologize to Turkey uh, talking about the internal test testing team. I'm Apparently, I'm part of it, but the, the last months, or maybe since two months, I'm in there, but I was completely busy with, at first with my real life, and now with the World Championship and stuff like that. So the the last months, I didn't even look at this, and I have no idea what cards are coming, because at all, I wasn't part of this process, but... Um, well, the World so Championship have, has priority. Then I have, uh, you know, I'm going to be giving you a card to reveal uh, in the coming week, I think. Darkness and you, J-King, as well. Yeah. Um, so you guys make sure to, to throw some follows onto these guys. Follow them. Make sure to be able to catch when they do their reveals. Doggy, Doggy34, he's also going to be doing a reveal stream. Um it's going to be revealing a card. Cold Carl, Artie Big Dog, Blue Blast, Scout, Bubbles, um, uh, Vimzy. Um, yeah, like multiple, multiple people. Um, and it's that's also our way to kind of say thank you to the streaming and content creator communities um, to, to have them participate in this with us. But yeah, tomorrow during the, OC, uh, the the World Championship stream, we're also going to be revealing eight new cards. Wow. Oh my. So eight new cards tomorrow, then I think four on Sunday, and then there's at least one per day for the entire following week, and those are all going to be coming from uh, content creators in the community. So, um, you know, so much hype is going to be coming tomorrow for sure. That's amazing. Well, Jaking, do you want to take a look at the bracket tomorrow? And Ollie, maybe you want to take your kid to bed? I don't know. You, you mentioned yeah. something like that before. Well, thank yes, you very yeah. much, Ollie, for uh, come here and have a talk with us. I really enjoyed chatting uh, with you. And I bet these viewers are in, uh, Feeling the same way. I think my my channel was never been so active. It depends on the Twitch, Twitch chat. Well, thank you very much for the uh, card reveal. And yeah, next week, J-King on Thursday, when do you reveal your card? Um, the exact time will be determined, but Thursday. Thursday, yes. I will stream on Wednesday and reveal a card. 
I don't know when Dog E is uh, revealing his card, but after this podcast, I will rate him, so you can ask him. Yeah, I haven't locked. I haven't locked on the thirtieth of November, but I might move him a little bit sooner. So we might put in some more more spoilers. Um, uh, but yeah, what what I want to tell everyone is what we'll do. Um, so there are two questions here that I want to answer before I leave. Number one is from Benjamin Meyer. Are we able to see somewhere which cards are already revealed? Uh, there is a cards reveal channel in the official Discord, and most of them get posted in there right after they get revealed. So I would definitely kind of keep an eye out there. But also every Monday leading up to the expansion, we're going to put out a summary article which shows all the cards that have been um, uh, revealed. And then very, I expect to be on the 4th of December. We're going to do like a panel stream where we go over all 81 cards. So in that single stream, it's probably going to end up being like two hours or whatever, but we're going to reveal every card and discuss it with a bunch of players. So just like we did for Theaters of War. Um, so cool. with that, I want to say thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, congratulations on founding Ammo. Um, I'm super excited to, to to see what comes next for you guys and, and follow your uh, you know achievements in the World Championships. And to everybody that watched, everybody that that you know tuned in, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for playing cards. Hope to see you in the stream tomorrow for the World Championship starting at 1400 UTC. With me are going to be Bubbles, Blue Blast, and Scouts. So there's going to be an awesome panel there uh, casting all those games. We're going to watch eight best of threes between the best players in the world for cards and find out what uh, eight players are going to be one step closer to that $10,000 prize pool. Thank you uh, so much for joining the inaugural podcast for the Careless Talks <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Hopefully we can have you on sometime in the future, assuming this continues. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, this all would right. be amazing. Well, thank you very much, Ollie, and good evening. Yeah, talk to you later. Bye. 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 All right. Well, so... Your, your webcam is really lagging, J. King. <laughs> yeah, I really need to invest in a new webcam. Uh, I have no idea why it is has been so absurdly bright this entire time. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should use some of your price money to to buy a webcam. I'm not going to lie. But you won two OCCs, two times second. I don't even know how much money did you make. Like, um, I believe my account from tournament prize winnings is two thousand one hundred and seventy US. Just, just cards. Yep. Wow. That's that's more as expected. Two thousand dollar. I'm well. I'm at one thousand three hundred dollar US dollar. Well. Um, did I already add it? No. Let's have a look at the bracket tomorrow. Uh, do you have an overlay? An overlay? For that? Well, I just have the or bracket. Like a graphic. The yeah. graphic. Um, maybe... 
Let's get it's getting very very small if I try to fit it between us. So this is a <laughs> this is a bracket tomorrow. Um and this is a new battleground. This is the new um table graphic from the expansion. I'm I'm very hyped for this table. Like blueprints of is this a boat or a rocket? I don't know. Oberkommandant, tell me, what, what kind of blueprint yeah. is this? The board looks awesome. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, the top 16 for Worlds tomorrow starts at 1400 UTC. So calculate that into your own time zone. Yes, this will be an amazing stream. Uh, on the official cards Twitch channel with four top player casting this. Um, so hopefully they will get some proper casting. Uh, well, we are all improve our quality. And yeah, the first bracket and the first game is uh, Han facing me. I'm getting a little nervous right now. Yep, the uh, nerves are sneaking up on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know Han. He's a Chinese player. But he already posted his deck lists. And Jaken and I discussed our strategy earlier. Uh, well, I feel well prepared. You will see this match tomorrow. How do you feel uh, about facing Fenrir, the only uh, World Championship 2019 finalist? So, um, honestly, I'm, a I'm very sad that I was matched into Fenrir in the first round, because I think it would be really awesome for him to make it into the top four again but i also don't want to lose to him so <laughs> um making it into the top 16 again was very much my goal uh because it means i'm it's as far as i got last year so getting here again just shows consistency to myself um obviously I'm sure a lot of people like expect me to do really well, make it top four, something like that. But if I drop out tomorrow to Fenrir, I'm not going to be that disappointed. Top 16 is good in my books. So I, I'm just very excited to play Fenrir because I've queued into him like once or twice on ladder, but I, watching the World Championship uh, last year was just seeing all these like <laughs> big names and i know people who have been playing cards for a really long time probably like some of these are big names some of these are people you've never heard of before but as someone who like just started watching cards uh just seeing someone making top four is awesome so i'm just excited to play them yeah definitely this is going to be very interesting tomorrow and uh another point is these are the 16 player who made it, who qualified for the championship with 128 
and one against these. So these are the best 16 players out of that player pool, out of the cards player pool. And at this point, uh, I don't think anybody just won with luck or uh, opponents disconnect or something else. All of these players are having experience, are having skill. Uh, they are just good in playing cards. And yeah. uh, this this will be a real fight. Yeah, I think everyone should very much respect everyone who is on this list, regardless of whether you've seen their name before, or you've never seen their name before. But getting through the Swiss round was incredibly difficult for some of us. Um, <laughs> so, so actually, I guess we can talk about that for a little bit because uh, I don't that the Swiss round wasn't that public for people who weren't a part of it, I guess. Yeah. So the how we got to these top 16, for people who don't know, is the 128 people who qualified played in two Swiss rounds. Uh, the first weekend, they took the top eight. So everyone played seven games, and then the top eight scores after seven games. Uh, advanced um, and Darkness went 7-0 like he does in every single Swiss round. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and actually myself, I went 4-3. and three. Well, 4-2 and two and then uh, like I got a DQ. So, or not, uh, th 3 and 3 and a DQ. So in the first round, I got demolished. I like landed like 50th or something um so it, it is very difficult in these swiss rounds you need to be able to be anything you can't just predict what one specific player is going to bring you really have to be prepared for a very diverse field of opponents in archetypes and playstyles. yeah that and that's it right i will i will share my screen so uh this is what um, give me a second. <laughs> All right. So this is the tournament page. This is from Battlefy Betelf uh, from 983 events. This was the first World Championship this weekend. And yeah, out of 128 player who qualified uh only 93 showed up and played so i don't know where the rest of the players were maybe they stopped playing cards maybe they are unable to play this weekend having work and yeah this is uh the standing after this re the swiss weekend um and the top eight player are qualified, meaning the one guy who won every single matchup is definitely qualified. Everyone who only lost a single matchup is qualified, but only two player um, who won five matches and only lost two. Uh, from these guys, only two qualified. 
and there were 10. 10 that good. Yeah, and if you look at who made it into like top 20, there's a lot of like very familiar names that you used to seeing at the top, like Blue Blast getting ninth was Blue Blast. incredibly unfortunate. Captain A, uh, Wild Eyes, Innocent yeah. Bubbles, Xylizer, Tadias Gain, Doge, Wild Eyes, Dog E. Like there's, yeah. How <laughs> can it be? All of these guys uh, finished with the same amount of points, like winning five matchups, losing two. Uh, but the tie, the tiebreaker is decided by the opponent's win rate. So on on this uh, part, it's very hard to qualify because your opponents have to be good. If you're, for example, if you're losing the first round, uh, you have no chance of getting here a spot because after losing the first matchup. Um, you're only playing against other loser turn one, and their win rate is significantly significantly lower compared to these player. Uh, that's the reason Fenrir and this Chinese guy qualified, because they I think they both won the first five uh, matchups in a row and dropped only the sixth and the seventh one against other players who who won five games in a row, meaning their opponent's win rate is very high. And uh, sadly, all of these good players didn't make it just because of that. It's also interesting to note the uh, flag next to everyone's name for top eight. Yes. <laughs> that there was six players from China in, out of the eight who qualified in weekend one. So Clearly, there was a very, like, competitive scene in China. And yeah, they were this was practicing against each other and building decks that... I didn't expect it that. I really yeah. did not. Well, take a look at the Swiss Weekend 2, the same principle. Uh, the top eight player of last weekend were qualified and unable to play again, sadly. Um, Mm -hmm. But even more people dropped out. Maybe they noticed they uh, have no chance, or uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would participate in every tournament, what's possible for me. Um, but because of the reduced player count, this were only six matches against each other. And the mess behind it is everyone. Uh, well, the single guy who won every single matchup is qualified, and everyone who played, uh, who won five games out of six, are qualified. The reason why this guy participated is um, after losing one game, uh, after losing two games, a lot of people dropped out. Like, did not finished. Thirty-two people just dropped out after two losses. And because that amount of player dropped out, um, the smaller the player base get, more people from the downside are able to qualify. And this happened here. So Han was the lucky guy who won four games in a row, dropped two, but because of the big amount of dropouts, he just 
sneaked a place in the top 16. Try to do that. <laughs> well, and com compared to all of the other player who just did this, like Innocent Bubbles, Terror, Blue Blast again, and yeah. Yeah, you can see, even though these people didn't make it into top 16, unfortunately, uh, I mean, the fact that Innocent Bubbles and Blue Blast both went 4-2 and 5-2 <laughs> in both um, both weekends shows that like these are very consistent players. These are good players. Um, yeah. But it also shows just like, how competitive the field is. Because, like, yes, it's unlucky that they didn't well, it's not necessarily luck because it's when you lose, but like, yes, it's unfortunate that they weren't one of the four twos or five twos that progressed, but they could have gone five one six one. Uh, but there's just, just the field is so competitive. Yeah, indeed, and I think this is getting even more competitive the longer uh, this esports scene is existing, and the more people. Uh, participating. It's only getting harder. Mm -hmm. Alright. Do we have another topic to talk about? Um, there is the card reviews for what's been done already, but I don't know if you want to do that now or in a separate um, podcast on a later date. Probably separate. Uh, Ollie was mentioned something about revealing all or talking about all of these cards in two weeks and articles coming out. Maybe we can talk about these articles or even participating at uh, this 4th of December. Talk about all of the new cards. This would be cool. Mm hmm. Maybe we can well, arrange uh, that. I guess now is a good time to... We can save any other topics um, for future podcasts because we would like this to be like a reoccurring mm. the, yeah, like, right. series. Um, we, we really want to continue this and I hope we are getting some at uh, attention and positive feedback but how often are we able to to do that? Well, it's it's basically maybe two or three hours, and we are sitting in front of our PCs and talking about cards. How hard can this be? Well, actually, this can be very hard because I planned this for months, maybe one year, and was only able to do this now. <laughs> With the help of you and Ollie, uh, do we want to make this weekly or even more, maybe less? Yeah, I'd say either once a week or once every two weeks would be a good starting point because we are uh, just, you know, just starting up. There's things that need to be worked on, such as a new webcam that doesn't make me look. <laughs> aggressively uh well that's right <laughs> that's that's fine 
we we planned to improve the quality over time uh, instead of preparing for more months and ended up yeah not doing it uh, yeah, and I, I think in the uh, future we might have like specific like episodes I guess on specific topics um, oh yeah so whether that be like a how to play a certain archetype a certain deck uh, there's a lot of stuff in the works that we can hopefully get done. Um, well, like especially that's... going into the next year with the new expansion and after Worlds is over. Uh, and in my case, I'm still in school. So after my finals are done, Darkness, I know you have your... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to work today. But, uh, well, I, I worked till 1 p.m., and came home, ate something, needed to think about my decks because of the deck list submission. So I worked on this for two more hours, uh, made a little break, and shortly after that, um, the deck lists were published in the top 16 group. So everybody was seeing each other decks. And we were working for like two hours, uh, <laughs> discussing our opponent's deck, our strategy, what to ban. And after that, we had fifty. Uh, we have we had fifty minutes till the start of the podcast, and my head uh, already hurt. So I I took a nap. And prepared the podcast, invited a chat, have a, had a small chat with Ollie. Yeah, I didn't continue working on my PhD today. I'm very good at procrastinating. But let's yeah. let's brainstorm for future episodes. I like this idea of introducing um, like a deck or archety or archetype. I will write that down. Yeah, and we'll all also have on uh, like other guests in the future. Oh, um, I love that. It would be great to have Ollie back because there's like someone on the team who can like really give like an inside look. But even like other people will bring on. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll bring on other members of Ammo. We'll see if like just other community members. Uh, yeah, as a so. as a streamer or community contributor, content creator. This would be fun. And mm -hmm. maybe some random guys playing cards we are meeting uh, at midnight in some cards Discord server <laughs> like we did uh, yep. a few days ago. <laughs> maybe we will invite just random people. Would be, would be quite interesting. But I'm... Uh, I will try to get Ollie a few more times because it's very interesting to talk with him and seeing the side of the developer, getting some more information about expansion, about uh, the game development. This is really cool. So introducing decks, archetypes, guests, and I know you want to make something like a meta review, like a meta snapshot. Yeah. So if anyone here is familiar with uh, Hearthstone or the um, specifically the Tempo Storm 
meta snapshot, which they publish, like, I think it's weekly, monthly, I don't know uh, anymore, but I would like to work on doing something similar to that for guides. Uh, but again, that'll take a lot of work, and with an expansion upcoming, there's not a lot of point in doing it now. Um, may maybe something like tournament snapshot. I don't know. Well, open cards is sometimes monthly. OCC is monthly, and sometimes other other tournaments, other stuff is going on. Maybe some unofficial community events and tournaments. Maybe we could do mm -hmm. like a small part of a podcast. One, yeah. like I think once a month, uh, giving an overview of upcoming, ongoing, and recent tournaments. Yeah, I think it would be really nice to synthesize uh, all, like all the results of all of these tournaments, both just in terms of like podium placements, but also like the type of decks we saw. If there was anything new, anything yeah. like, truly revolutionary, new players, something like that, and just synthesize that down because I know not everyone has time to watch like a six and a half hour OCC stream. Yeah, um, definitely. To talk about this in the podcast and making like a small document where this is listed, this would be awesome. Yeah, uh, if anyone watching right now, I think we're we're winding down. I think we're wrapping up pretty soon, right? Yeah, um, we, we need to talk uh, some some minutes more because uh, I know Doc E is planning to stream and setting this up right now. Oh, okay. uh, as soon as he's online, I will rate him. Yeah. So while we're waiting for that, if anyone watching either has suggestions on topics you'd like to hear us cover, or if you have any questions for us now uh, concerning really anything, um, yeah. it would be nice to like finish off with like some sort of Q and A period. Um, yeah. Like we try to read chat like the whole time, but. I mean, it's difficult to just like interrupt in the middle of a conversation to yeah, so answer this, someone's question. So. And I, I want to explain this to the chat. Um, when we were thinking about this podcast, we were thinking about in what format we want to do this and on what platform we want to do this. And we agreed of um, creating this podcast like something you can... Uh, you don't need to watch live, uh, but maybe watching on YouTube or just hear the podcast. Um, the reason why we choose my channel is because uh, we wanted to have some attention starting this to gain more viewer, to reach more people. Uh, but I turn out all of the alerts and stuff like that to get not distracted and producing and non-Twitch related podcast because if you want to hear podcasts, you don't want to hear every five minutes some alerts or just random <laughs> things from the chat you don't understand because you, you are not live there and not reading the chat. So I'm sorry for this, for that, uh, that you're not getting as much attention as usual via <laughs> Twitch chat. Uh, but right now, we will read everything and interact with you. Yeah, we'll, 
we'll need to do a podcast on, on renaturing rivers in sometime in the future. <laughs> <laughs> and Benny the Bully uh, was busy playing cards while winning the raffle. Wow, that lucky bastard! Uh, he got a special card <laughs> from the code. That's cool. And the duplicate protection works fine. That's that's amazing. T eighty. Huh. That's I the uh, we two Soviet day. Yes, I re I remember when this card was OP. <laughs> three three. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, well, even even three two, with the Japan Soviet deck in January, this was still the thing. Mm hmm. Hmm. Any more ideas of topics? Well, maybe some kind of events. Well. There are events in the cards community uh, to just to have a place to talk about that or that something is going on. This would be great, but maybe we can do events in the future. But what events can we maintain within a podcast uh, next to um. in inviting persons to talk? Well, not, not for the podcast, but now that we are open as a team, uh, something that is on my to-do list is set up a team tournament between us and Team Radiant Gaming. This would be uh, cool. So if anyone from Radiant is here watching, the gauntlet has been thrown down. I <laughs> challenge you. The details will be sorted out later, probably after World Champs is over. And probably um, after... We discussed this in the team because this is completely <laughs> new. You just made it on your own. Yep, but the gauntlet has been thrown down. So <laughs> that might happen in a month, might happen in two months, but that is something I would like to do. Wow, yeah. This would, this would be very cool. Uh, like... Uh, Wait, there there is a squad. Uh, there is a squad mechanic coming up, or at least on the roadmap. Yeah. Well, there, there are no informations till now, but I'm really hyped for this. I want to know how this is going to work, and um, how this is affecting. I don't know the ladder or tournament. Gameplay yeah, or whatever. I know, I know something that's been brought up a lot of times by the devs is the like having tournaments be more clear, like within the client itself, like have some sort of built-in client-side way of running tournaments, which would both make it easier for people to run community tournaments, but then in combination with uh, squads. I mean, I don't know if that's something they've thought about, but I'm just speculating here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think about this too. But this feature with in-client tournaments is coming maybe in two years or something like that. Yeah, that's a lot further down the road. But I'm, I'm excited for how that could 
combine with the squads mechanics but like i mean even if squads is just like on the leaderboards you have like the name of the person and their points uh and then like next to that whatever squad they're a part of like even that is just a cool way of like representing your group seeing which groups are yeah this would be awesome well non-member of team radiant gaming showed up in the chat um but they they will notice this probably. People are gonna talk. Yes. Joseph and I plan on doing more player hosted tournaments in the future maybe. Well, I don't know, Arizona kid, but I know you are uh using this unofficial events channel at the cards Discord. Yeah. If anyone hasn't heard about that, um they should go check it out. Uh Arizona Kid and some others are hosting a unofficial tournament around Christmas. I don't know the exact dates, but uh, it's very open and friendly to people with uh, any collection size. So you should go to the unofficial events page and I'm sure they will greet you there. Yeah, definitely. Check that out. I'm, I'm currently looking. <laughs> And trying to find this. Ah, here it is. December. Uh, can, can you whisper me the link, Arizona Kid? Can you just whisper me the link? That's the Discord. Uh, there was a link posted to it in the unofficial events. Here. Page uh, this, this is a card Discord. And in this bracket, unofficial ev events, there is uh, the, in, uh, the link you just need to click on and uh, you're able to, to get onto this Discord. I don't know if I want to uh, participate, but they do have some prizes. Mm, where are the prizes? Maybe announcement, Christmas tournament, sign up rules. Ah, here. All players will be rewarded with one pack if you participate in your match. Sixth place will earn one expansion pack and six standard packs. Fifth place, well, based on this bracket, it's KO system, single elimination. Uh, fifth place, top 32, will earn two expansion packs. What is that? And two standard packs. Uh, <laughs> uh, third place will earn three expansion packs and five standard packs and one draft tracker. Second place, three expansion packs, seven standard packs, two draft tickets. First place will earn three expansion packs, ten standard packs, and three draft tickets. 
Um, yeah, and it's, it's worth noting that uh, it says, like, sixth place, but that means you just win your first set. So, like, you win two yeah. games, and you're already getting two packs over the one pack you get for free for just signing up. So it doesn't matter what your collection looks like or whether or not you think you can win any games or not. You should show up because you literally have nothing to lose. Yeah, if, if you get a no-show, like your opponent doesn't show up and you're winning your first round, congratulations. Two packs for free. That's a pretty good deal. Merry Christmas, yeah. Well, this is aimed for like newer player. Maybe we shouldn't participate, J King. <laughs> or do we want to try to get into different brackets and fight through this? Uh, I think we can sort that out uh, with the organizers. <laughs> I, know at, I know at one point when the it was a much smaller tournament, there was talks about uh, I would play against the winner of the tournament. <laughs> all, all right. But we'll see. Really? Did they ask you to do that? What yeah, did that you answer? A while ago. What What did you answer? Oh, yeah, I said sure. I mean, sounds fun. Uh, did you do this? Uh, not yet. I mean, like, that was when they were still organizing the tournament. So they've been organizing it for a while. I've been keeping tabs on them. All right. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see more community tournaments because that's really how I got interested in like the more competitive side of guides is through Maddie GG's tournament, uh, like Nations Cup with Spews. Yeah, this this was actually amazing, and maybe the start of the esports scene of cards. Uh, a lot of people got interested into tournaments, and. Uh, well, I wrote pretty good feedback to to the developer, to Thomas, and I know a lot of people enjoyed these these small tournaments. And then uh, the developer were testing extern uh, hosts for for tournaments like uh, nine eight three events and another event site. And the feedback was very positive, and the player who were, who were participating was continuously growing. Uh, that's that's amazing. So we we are we are all playing this very small card game. Like it's still like an indie studio and non-mainstream card game, but we are playing for we, we are playing regularly, monthly for a thousand dollar prize pool. And playing World Championship now for a ten thousand dollar prize pool, having very active, well, small, but wholesome community. That's amazing. How cool is that? Compared to other communities like Fortnite, League of Legends, Dota, well, you can make a lot of money with this, but the community is just toxic. And when when I want when I'm playing games I want to enjoy the time and have fun and interact yes. with the people and being competitive 
That's like definitely why cards has my attention is there's just so much like there's such a great community behind that and the devs are doing doing so much to foster that and improve the game um i meant to say this while ollie was here uh because i'm sure he would like to hear it but this dev team has not made a single decision in like design choice for anything uh since the game has come out that I have disagreed with. Like every single change they make is positive. And I've not had that with any other game I've played. That's that's cool. Like there's like there's some games I've played where the initial product is really good and every single change they make after that <laughs> just makes it worse and worse and worse. And I'm not gonna name any names, but other card games I have played. <laughs> um, yeah, same same here. Like I can tell that about other card games I have played too. Uh, well, I think we're coming yeah. to an end. This was a great podcast. We had a lot of humor and a lot of uh, and yeah, a lot of fun with Ollie and just talking about what's going on. We will continue with this, uh, maybe weekly or maybe twice a week. Well, let's aim aim for the higher steps, Jaking. Let's try <laughs> to do this next week again. All right. Uh, just. Uh, yeah, to produce the second podcast, maybe on Friday again, we will talk about this and will notify you guys through uh, different channels like my Discord. Uh, Overcommon, if you're there, please post the link uh, or the cards Discord. I will post the stream when it's up there. Uh, follow us, please. And and I'm sure we'll work on uh, setting up a public Discord for, for Team Ammo. Yeah, yeah. We want to do that. So thank you very much, and we are going to host no Doc E, uh, the, our team member of Team Arabel. Please follow him, and well, you you. We talked about this earlier, so you can ask him directly. I don't know. Just just ask him anything. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow. And have a good evening. Bye-bye. Yep. See you guys. Thanks for watching.